0: You're listening to Know Your Rights with Ellen
1: Firestone.
0: What's going on, guys? Greg here, and you are tuned into Know Your Rights with Ellen Firestone. Today, we are going to go through articles 13 through 15. Welcome back, Ellen. Thanks, Greg. Uh, We have a very special international guest with us here today. His name is Evans Mensah. Evans sits on the National Council of the United Nations Association of the U.S. with me. He's originally from Ghana and now lives in Colorado with his wife and three boys. Evans was on the East Coast for a meeting in Pennsylvania, and I was fortunate enough to get him to agree to come to Delaware and do this podcast with us. So Evans, thank you for being here. Uh, Before we start into the human rights, could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Thank you, Ellen, first and foremost, for having me here. My name is Evans Kwesi Mensah. I'm a native of uh, Ghana, a resident here in the U.S., and I've had a journey, spent quite some time also in the U.K., and came here to do my master's, and uh, it's uh, very exciting to be here to talk about human rights.
0: Wonderful. So the first article that we're going to get into today is article 13 everyone has the right to freedom of movement and residence within the borders of each state and part two of that is everyone has the right to leave any country including his own and return to his country. So tell us what the meaning of that is to you.
1: Well, I, th- I think, Ellen, is self-explanatory, but what is important just to make sure the lay person on the street understand what this means is it's a free will opportunity for you to have the right. Let's use the U.S. as just an example, Ellen. Uh, assuming the states were countries. Uh, I, I flew in from Denver to uh, Pennsylvania free and I had no issues. And so Just giving that opportunity and clarity for people to have that freedom to move freely without any uh, impediment. I think that's what it just means. That just free will without having those borders that would uh, impede you from moving freely. I think that's what it stands for.
0: Thanks, Evans. And then um, Article 14 is everyone has the right to seek and to enjoy in other countries asylum from persecution. Part two of that article is this right may not be invoked in the case of prosecutors genuinely arising from non-political crimes or from acts contrary to the purposes and principles of the United Nations. So again, in summary, what what do you take from that?
1: So this is a little bit different from At- Article 13 because the Article 13 is more of a freedom of movement where there is nothing happening. But in 14, we are getting to maybe something, catastrophe is happening in where you live. So it's giving the opportunity for other countries or border countries that have the opportunity to host, to open their doors, to give that free will housing and not to make the residents, uh, the visitors or the Salamis feel like they are even visitors to feel welcome at home. Uh, To make that transition very seamless for them, I think that is what we are getting into. It's no more probably out of their own free will, but based on the fact that Something is happening to them. So why don't we open our doors, open the door for them, for them to be part of us uh, in terms of culture, in terms of way of life, in terms of education and all other things that embodies that opportunity.
0: Wonderful. And then we'll move on to the next one, Article 15, which is everyone has the right to a nationality. No one shall be arbitrarily deprived of his nationality nor denied the right to change his nationality. So, you are an expert in this area.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, right now, I, I just connect all of it. So, right now, this is a little bit connected to Article 13, freedom to move the difference between Article 13 and 15. And then from my understanding, is 13 talks about freedom. To go not necessarily to become a resident in that country so that's article 13. 14 talks about something happens. it could happen to anybody here in the u.s it can happen to may god forbid it can happen to any other country it just happens that the u.s seems to be the the host of so many things that goes on in other countries and they are blessed we are blessed and it's just a opportunity to share that blessing now in article 15 you have still the choice to become a resident and a national, and uh, probably the reason you might say that is me being a not born here in the U.S., but being a native of a different country, Ghana. Uh, I wasn't under Article 14 where it was based on asylum. I came here based on education. I came to do my master's here. I did my bachelor's in the U.K., and I chose to come to the U.S. on my own to become a national. A resident of the U.S. Mm-hmm. and my kids are all born here and I have total allegiance to the United States of America obviously so I think that opportunity this is what makes America American I think if all countries can embody this I think this is what Ele- Eleanor Roosevelt wanted in the first place and that's another conversation on its own.
0: Right right so yeah that, that's, that's great because you know you are a native or you were you were born in Ghana, which is your your original nationality, and then you made this the choice to change your nationality, but that doesn't take away that your your culture and all that, you know, originally was from, from Ghana and you you bring that here to the US as, as it kind of enriches this country.
1: Absolutely. But one thing we need to be careful about also is it's said that if you go to Rome, you do what the Romans do. So it's important not to bring of your culture and neglect the other part of the host nation's culture. So uh, that's the fine line that we need to be careful about to know that, hey, we are all by equal. We are all by one. The power of diversity, the power of different cultures. So yes, you don't neglect your native culture, but you embodies the culture of the nation that welcomes you and you abide by the rules and regulations that goes with it and we all live peacefully. And I think that's what is important. Those are the missing links to some people. So it's important to have both aspects and live very peacefully.
0: Thank you, Evans. <laughs> uh, I think this is a good lead into um, a recent endeavor of yours, which was a, a book entitled Synergy and Commonality that was recently published. And, um, you know, the the right to a nationality is, is more based on how we're different. And then you wrote this book about synergy and commonality. So the key to success, actually. So can you give us some of the, the key points from
1: your book? Okay, Ellen, thanks so much for this opportunity. I just recently became an author of uh, this book Synergy and Communality, the k success as you alluded and I think the uh, just to backdrop the uh, I wasn't supposed to be an author by profession. Uh, I'm a business strategist but I had a passion to bring people together um, I felt the notion that I think we are too far off from each other trying to solve solution. Uh, my point is simple can we get together and have a breakfast? regardless of your social class regardless of your background, regardless of your education, regardless of your family, regardless of your faith. Can we have a breakfast before we say we don't agree with each other? Right now most of the time we stay too far. Uh, Even with the political environment we stay too far from each other. We don't know each other. So the book, even though does not touch base on all the key things that I've mentioned per se, but I just want to say the book brings us together to be in one room so that we can have eye to eye to each other. We can understand that if you look at the left arm, it's totally different from the right arm. They they are arms, but they need each other to propel you to be better. Uh, The leg cannot do what the arm is doing. The head cannot do what the mouth is doing. But it's all in the embodiment of diversity. That is why the world becomes a better place. So the book is just trying to bring us all together in all forms and fashion. And it's an exciting thing to be an author in the first place. Thank you, Ellen.
0: Yes. And congratulations (laughs) on being an author. (laughs) Thank you. That's fantastic. So Evans, there, there are a lot of nuggets in your book and, you know, you, you have, you know, you start the chapters with a particular topic and then, you know, include food for thought Mm. on each of them. And I know one, one quote that Mm. really attracted me was, it was character is how you treat people who can't do anything for you. And to me, that ties right into this whole topic of human rights, and you know, there are some of us who you know maybe had had it a little better in life. There are some of us who you know possibly had more opportunities than than others, and so it's natural for us to to want to help. And this this idea of character is how you treat people who can't do anything for you. So it's helping without expecting anything in return. Um, it's just the right thing to do. Uh, Do you want to comment on that and any other nuggets you want to bring up in this book?
1: Okay. Thank you so much, I I Just so you understand, I started a chapter, the entire book, with character, Um, uh, even though it's about commonality and synergy. uh, I use character because character is just like the foundation of every building, every life, every occupation, life, and all that, and people misunderstand character to so many other things. And I felt character should study. And the reason that quote came in was the fact that it was something I saw when I was driving uh, along one of the U.S. states, and uh, it was in an old church building, electronic sign. And immediately I read it, it resonated with me, that character is how you treat people who do nothing for you. It's true. In the sense that sometimes because we have business affiliations, we have uh, expectations from people, uh, we tend to do things for people that we get things back from. But in this case, your true character reveals itself in adversity. Your true character reveals itself when you gain nothing from or you have no expectation from the person that you are helping. So I use that as an example just to let people understand that, especially with these human rights things that are going on, it's important to just be very open. The other side of life, though, we need to be uh, cognizant. It's, uh, we need to study each other and embrace and, and uh, the power of diversity and embrace different cultures. And I already alluded to the fact that you go to Rome, you do what Romans do. However, we also need to embrace to learn others because this human right thing is a whole business topic on its own in the sense that if you don't learn the next culture, How are you going to do a successful business in another country when you don't know their culture? So Mm -hmm. even though we're talking about human rights here, it has a business connotation Mm -hmm. where you need to understand. The sense of humor here in Delaware might totally be different from the sense of humor in just the next state in New Jersey. So how do you really learn that culture, let alone across the borders. So in in as much as we try to help people, we should not look at it as to its waste of time, its waste of money, its waste of opportunities. It's important to understand what it means to understand different cultures because some businesses fail in different countries. For instance, a country like Latin America where the Chevrolet failed by just naming a, a, a car no go <laughs> meaning no go. The meaning of the car means no go. It never sold in the 70s and 80s and 90s because the car is supposed to move. Right. <laughs> so they had to change. They had to study the culture to understand, oh, we had to change the name before they succeeded. There are so many examples that we need to lose. So there are other aspects to just being open mm-hmm. and helpful, and we come in to be a blessing in return.
0: Right. So understanding differences as well as what we have in common and then helping whether we receive something in return or not. Absolutely. And is there anything else you want to comment on, anything else in the book or or from the articles themselves that we covered today?
1: Yes. So one of the things I wanted to educate people, I've I've been on a a message tour, uh, which ties into human rights and also the book and everything. But the most important thing is the fact that someone does not look, sound like you, does not mean the person is inferior. Uh, It's important to... Respect each other and respect. It's not a fetish way of respect to say yes, ma'am, yes, dad. Alone, Uh, you can do that and do the opposite. Uh, So my advice is into four folds. One is to the residents, the hosts, regardless if it's the U.S., is Canada, or whichever country that helps all these people in terms of human rights. uh, uh, We need to have an open arm, genuine open arms to help people. And the other side of advice is to those who are coming in, we also need to learn the culture. We need to adapt. We need to be respectful of the rules and the laws of, of the land to make the place safe for people so that we can be trusted, we can be relied on, uh, and and making sure that we do the right thing. But right now, I sit on the other side of the aisle most of the time. Uh, I'm tired of just hiring people who are just skillful. I want to hire people who are reliable. Because you can be very skillful but not reliable. So it's important to have reliability in who you are, your persona, what you do, not to say you're perfect, so that we can have a better world. I think that's all we are singing right now to make sure we sing from the same high notes. So that's my message to everybody.
0: Thank you, Evans. So I know um, recently you took a trip to Ghana, and which fits in with Article 13. Everyone has the right to freedom of movement and residence within the borders of each state. And everyone has the right to leave any country, including his own, and then return to his country. So this is a good example of you were, you were from Ghana, you came to the U.S., you went back to Ghana. And do you want to tell us a little bit about that trip? Maybe some things you learned there, uh, some things you did while you were there.
1: Yes, so actually, I I being a self author, I started a tour right here in the U.S. and uh, started in Colorado, came to Washington D.C., and then two days after, I'm grateful to my family who actually gave me the opportunity to do all these things that I do. And I went to my um, home country, and 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 because it it was more of a message tour, not a book tour, because the message in a book is what I want people to resonate to. I was surprised that I was fully welcome. And sometimes uh, they say a king or queen, not because I'm one, is not recognizing its own home. But this was different. I had a huge support of companies, the World Bank that I consult for. On the side, uh, they were supporting uh, private companies. Even politicians were at the launch. The whole thing turned out to become a um, a, a, a company retreat. And the, the journalists, I was on a... Uh, invited to be on about uh, four different uh, t- uh, national TV stations, uh, uh, got re-invitations to some of them to talk about leadership, and um, got invitation also to speak at the military uh, uh, grounds, and uh, had a lot of welcoming opportunity. Now, I, I when the flight that took me in was, uh, I was returning back to the U.S. when it took off. I just saluted the country just because I felt for once they received their own, to the point that I'm going to be going back hopefully every quarter just to send a message around. The The, the final thing I wanted to advise people on is, I also just came back from a, a was invited as a private citizen uh, in this country to join uh, the high-ranking uh, military officials in Colorado in Pennsylvania, uh, and, and just to have that mix of, the military and the civilians, top executives coming together. Sometimes we see the military as very distant from us. And to have a discussion, putting things together and making the world a better place, making the. Uh, I've learned one thing, as in what DIME means, as in D I M E, that every nation, especially the U.S., Uh, not different from Ghana or any other country, but the U.S. have the power to lead through the the power of uh, diplomacy, the information, using all the cyber and all those information, the military and the economical uh, point of view to lead. My advice is that I think even though we are doing so well, uh, our hope is to lead, to continue to lead through the economical means in diverse ways. And this is also linked to the Uh, area of uh, human rights. And if we can use the economic means and financial means to support, I think the U.S. and the world will be a better place to live.
0: And that's what we're working towards. So Evans, what are some of the actions that you think citizens of the world can take to promote and protect these particular human rights?
1: So Ellen, I think sometimes we overthink these things. Uh, When we hear these things, we think it's for a particular set of people or it's for a group of people to do. Let's start from the very basic in your own world. I don't have the national stage, the world stage. I have one on one. Right now, you are my stage right now, and I'm talking to you. So we can come together, join communities and uh, organizations, or uh, just be an advocate in your own small world, in your offices. And we need to read a lot. Uh, sometimes I think what happens is I see some people even uh, describe, uh, for instance, Africa as a country. Uh, they don't read a lot. Uh, they they see certain countries uh, as oh, a diseased place and all that just because they hear one side of the... We need to read the entire... be well educated. Now the world is in our palms in terms of our phones and all things that we use. Why don't we go a little bit extra to have an education? Because of the fear of the next person the world has changed so badly uh, airports we have to be well searched before we go you can spend two hours just going through security and all that things have changed so we don't trust each other i think we need to stop re- start building that trust between one another and that would also happen when two sides both sides we also live the right of a kind of life that de- determines has to be trusted. So I think it's a, it's a call for action for both ends and, and for us to have that freedom uh, to, 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 to add value also to ourselves. Uh, for instance, I'm here doing all the things I'm doing. If I did not have the trust, the reliability and the skill, I don't think I'll survive. So it's important to add value through education, through training, uh, through um, all other means to assimilate and do things better.
0: Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Evans. And, you know, the key to this, you know, this idea of everyone has the right to a nationality, but then we also have the responsibility to understand each other and each other's nationality and cultures so that we can all be part of creating a better world.
1: Absolutely. While that is true, one thing I also wanted to point out in addition to what you just said, too, is just granting a, a paper document as a way of Residency, or open door policy, or through asylum, or freedom of travel—it's not just enough. I think uh, the main document is that little smile that we give to somebody. You can give all the documents you want, but uh, the right to employment, for instance—if it's not—I know it's one of the articles over there—but I think all the uh, you know the human right articles from one to thirty—they are all in, interconnected. So we need to. Not just think. Oh, we've given the opportunity to live here, but have we given them opportunity of uh, feeling belong? Uh, have you also given opportunity of uh, of of being feeling part of the system? Have we given opportunity of just that embrace, that freedom to live, to, to go anywhere? So it's two sided thing. So my prayer and hope is that once we start seeing each other as one people, I think the world will be a better place.
0: Fantastic. And that is so true. Uh, thank you so much, Evans, for being here. And, you know, the one thing I have to say as far as synergy, there was so much synergy as far as even you coming to Delaware, which is awesome. <laughs> and um, again, I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking again and all the best with your book. I hope lots of people read it because it's, it's such an important message um, for, for everyone, again, to make a better world.
1: I'm so grateful, and for the opportunity, I look forward to more of this. I hope this is not just going to be a one-time opportunity, but regardless, uh, Delaware is becoming a home for me now. Uh, I love it. I'm getting to meet good friends like you and others that I'm getting to know. So I look forward to more of such opportunities for us to get in touch, and if anybody wants to email me, can always get in touch through info at you can always get also more information on my website. That's Uh It's such an opportunity to be here. Thanks so much, Ellen, for having me.
0: And thank you, Evans. Since we spent a lot of time today or the last 20 minutes speaking about differences and commonalities, I would like to end with a quote by Abraham Lincoln that really promotes understanding, where Abraham Lincoln said, I don't like that man. I must get to know him better. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Know Your Rights with Ellen Firestone. We will be back with another episode before you know it. You can go back to WJBR.com and check out every other episode we have done. And we will see you guys next time.